Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Welcome. It's Thursday afternoon. That means, you know what that means, fresh thinking. So I'll tell you the truth that some time ago, what was it, two, three weeks ago, I put out there into the ether, what do you think we should speak about on High FM on Fresh Thinking? There were some interesting suggestions that came through, and one of them I'd like to share with you today. We're going to make it a little bit lighter than usual, okay? Because that's what, that was a request, and I thought it was actually intriguing. So firstly, if you are new to the show, if you've never done this before, you're with me at 3 o'clock, and this is a conversation between all of us. So at any time, you are welcome to join the conversation. How do you do that? Well, we're on social media, quite active, on Twitter and on Facebook, both myself and Chai FM. So look out for us. And alternatively, you could use the following numbers. 34519 is the SMS line and 0618951019 is our Telegram number. So what is it that uh, somebody suggested? Well, actually, I thought it was an intriguing suggestion at the time. And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't quite sure exactly where we were going to go with it. Somebody asked if we could do a show about Jewish humor. Okay, this is fresh thinking, right? Fresh thinking, the idea is to take what people already know and to look at it from a different perspective. So if you think we're going to just sit here for the next 50 minutes or so sharing jokes, not quite, although I would like to invite you, just to kick it off, would like to invite you to share your favorite Jewish joke. Let's start with that. Because I think once you look at the actual humor itself, that begins our conversation of what the humor represents or what the humor could teach us and uh, and if it has a place, if humor has a place within Judaism. So that's really going to be our conversation. I know that the, the suggestion was to talk about Jewish humor as if we do some kind of or just simply share jokes. But I'm intrigued about what role, if any, humor plays in the spiritual space, in the spiritual journey. So let's start off first. If you've got a, a classic, one of your favorite Jewish jokes, um, if it's off color, I'm not going to be able to share it on air, obviously. But if it's good, then certainly certainly can uh, share it on, online, uh, on air with everybody else who's here. So it's it's funny how these things work, right? It's funny because... Straight away, somebody sent a joke of you, but it's a video. Can't do that. Can't do that right now. I'll have to have a look at it another time, I guess. But let's start with that. What is your favorite Jewish joke? That, I'd like to get into the conversation about whether or not humor plays a role in spirituality. Does it play a role in the Jewish community? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I stand to be corrected, but I think it was Groucho Marx who said, that Jews have always been able to laugh at ourselves, which is true. And then he said that's because it's always been too dangerous to laugh at anybody else. <laughs> now, that already gives you a little bit of an insight into the nature of Jewish humor, which sometimes can be quite dark or at the very least quite dry. So that's a survival technique. If you can laugh, you can survive. And if you've had a rough history, as we have, well, then you certainly need to be able to survive. You need whatever technique you can possibly get in order to be able to survive. So 
that's that's more from a cultural, uh, social, national perspective. But from a spiritual perspective, I think it's a different conversation. What role, if any, does humor play in spirituality? So we'll start off, of course, with people sharing just because it's humor and people sharing jokes. And you'll see for a moment that it's uh, – sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes I don't understand the response that people uh, make because it could be tongue-in-cheek. It could be, well, obviously, or it could be that they're saying, hang on a second. I think you're missing the point over here. So that's Josh on Twitter who is – he's put a gift. As a response, and it's one of those gifts of the person who's about to say something and then stops themselves. I don't know if that means, are you about to say something? Are you going to stop yourself? Or do you think that uh, it's a no-brainer and there's, there's no way, nowhere else to go? So, of course, yes, somebody, uh, not quite on the topic, Liron on Twitter, who says, uh, I guess, what's your favorite joke, right? Why do we, why do we call baby, oh, he says, so why do we call our children kids? Right, baby goats are called kids, and children are our scapegoats. So, yeah, don't know about that one. Here's uh, I don't know how to pronounce. Some people's Twitter handles are just unpronounceable, but it is a classic. Don't know if it's necessarily Jewish. It is religious. The guy who says, "My wife just divorced me for religious reasons. She worshipped money, and I didn't have any." <laughs> yes, okay, that, that's good. That's good. Here's a purvul on. On Twitter, who says that the old the old jokes are always the best ones, which is probably true. Probably true. Here's another one. The uh, the rabbi. This one here. This is a classic. The rabbi was angry at the amount of money his congregants were giving to charity, so he prayed that the rich should give more charity to the poor. His wife asked them, asked him, and has your prayer been answered? He said, half of it has been answered. The poor are willing to accept the money. Yeah, that is a classic. That is a classic Jewish joke. What else? What are your classic or your favorite Jewish jokes? Um, not because we're doing a joke session over here at all. In fact, uh, to the contrary, I think humor is quite a serious business. And if it's if we overlook the humor element within the seriousness of being Jewish, we possibly we possibly lose our way completely. So I'm using jokes as an entre- as an opener, as an intro to today's conversation. Dafka. I'm doing that specifically because there's something about humor, and some of you, I'm sure, are picking up on what I'm getting at. Something about humor that relates specifically to the teaching medium and to speaking, speaking words of, of wisdom and words of insight and words of Torah. Here is Shticky on, who's actually quite a funny guy, by the way, on, on Twitter. He's, uh, he's got quite a lot of humor on Twitter. And he says that his favorite is a rabbi, a priest, and a minister walk into a bar. And the bartender says, what, is this some kind of joke? I feel like that's actually happened in real life. I feel like it maybe even happened to me. Not quite walking into a bar, but I once walked into a kosher restaurant with a fellow who's quite well known and very much not Jewish. And the intro was a rabbi and a Scotsman walk into a bar and it wasn't a joke. So it does feel that that is perhaps real. This kind of thing that actually happens. 
So what is this thing about jokes and, and, and jokes? What, what kind of jokes are there that you wouldn't understand if you were not within the Jewish community? That's another whole subset to this conversation. Can you think of a joke that you, you have to be part of the community in order to understand the joke? I'm sure there must be many of those. And then there are those jokes that are almost like you can number them and say they've been told so many times in the Jewish space. You don't even have to say the joke, the joke. Like Cheryl says over here, the one about the Jewish president who invites his mom to his inauguration. And that's it doesn't even tell us what the joke is because it is assumed that within the Jewish community, everybody knows that joke. So there's a certain repetitive nature, I suppose, to certain elements of Jewish humor. I once had a book um, about jokes about anti-Semitism and how they illustrate the attitude and the so-called survival instinct of the Jewish community. So when you joke about about anti-Semitism, it was because they had no other avenue. They had no other recourse. And so it developed into humor, which is quite interesting. But I'm, I'm interested from the perspective of, do you think it plays a big role in the spiritual side of, of Judaism rather than just in Judaism generally? And along the way, of course, keep it coming. Keep your, your favorite jokes coming because it will lighten the mood as we go along. And if we're talking about humor, it does behoove us to keep it somewhat lighter than usual. So if you've got a joke, a good Jewish joke, and specifically if you have a joke that you think people would not understand if they were not part of the community, please share them with us. So Twitter is at Chai FM or at Rabbi Shish. Facebook is on the Chai FM Facebook page or my Facebook. And the regular text lines are 34519 for, for SMSs and 0618951019 for Telegram. So Go ahead, either share a joke or whether you think that it is something that is important within Judaism. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. Interesting SMS over here. It's an anonymous SMS that says making fun of other people's defects is wrong, which I definitely agree with. I would not consider that humor, by the way. I think that's just insensitive. So what is your favorite joke? Steve says, I've lost Steve's message over here. We'll come back to it. There's another one on Twitter who says the two rabbis talking about the problems with the mice. So classic, ancient Jewish joke, yes. And the one says to the other, don't worry, just give them a bar mitzvah and you will never see them again. Steve's, Steve's joke is about the fellow who buys his mother a parrot after teaching at the Talmud. To enter, so that way it will entertain her. And of course, she's a little bit old and doesn't appreciate what it is and says, best chicken soup I ever had. Okay, so those are classic Jewish jokes. And perhaps you could say that some of those are jokes that, that only within the community would really have to say. question is, what's the spiritual nature of humor? Does it have, does it have a place? Uh, Mark has an interesting point. Mark says, the fact that straight after a 25-hour fast on Yom Kippur, they still delay us further by making us say Kiddush Levana, which is the special blessing over the moon. That is a unique kind of, and may I add, perhaps sadistic kind of humor. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's that's absolutely true. Um, here's somebody who says, the best thing about being a Jew is the humor. So I love that. I, I do believe that we have a lot of humor in our society. I do believe that we tend to laugh at ourselves, and I do believe that we, and that's part of what I want to actually explore with this is, uh, does humor allow you the possibility, allow you the opportunity to take yourself a little less seriously, 
Because I think that would be a spiritual benefit. You know, here's an interesting way to start. So here's an interesting statistic. Okay, the word the word laughter, the word the word laughter in various forms. So the word in Hebrew for laughter is tzachok. It's the root of the word Yitzchak. Yitzchak was our patriarch, son to Abraham and Sarah. Incredibly important personality in Jewish history. So the root of his name, Yitzchak, is this word Tzachok, which is laughter. So he has an interesting anecdote that people may not know. The word Tzachok appears in the Jewish Bible, in the Tanakh, approximately 50 times. It's interesting, right? It's interesting because obviously a word, and I suppose depending on how often it appears in the Torah, would would show you that you know there's there's something meaningful to it if the word is is represented again and again and again throughout the Torah. Okay, so 50 times in the Torah, I don't think the average person would have anticipated that. So that's interesting, right? That's interesting. Um, Another interesting thing, and, and why I felt that it would be a good idea to start off by asking you for jokes, not because this is going to be a humor show, but because if you have a look in the Talmud, where it's thought that the great sage Rabbi, who was one of the greatest sages in the whole of Jewish history, and undoubtedly the greatest sage of his time, so before he'd begin a class, he would always tell a joke, or at least the way that the Talmud calls it, Milsa Divedichusa which means a word that would elicit laughter. Now, we assume, of course, that would be, or, or, or a phrase or a sentence or a story that would elicit laughter. And we automatically assume that that means that he told a joke. And therefore, we automatically assume that's why rabbis typically start their sermons with a joke. Which, by the way, and this is not a public speaking class, starting the speech with a joke is not always the best method. Sometimes it's appropriate. But uh, other times not, especially if you use a well-oiled joke that everybody knows, and you don't get the the the, the, the response. But what's interesting about the Talmud is it says that Rabbi would start with this milsa divedichasa, this light, this light-hearted perspective or insight, and then the Talmud specifies and the rabbis whose students would all laugh. So that tells you something. Humor is used as a means of opening rapport between people. And in the Hasidic tradition, we're taught that Rabbah was a sage who was at such a high level. The Talmud calls him Oiker Harim. That means that he spoke with such complexity that you felt he was ripping mountains out as he taught his class. It was so high level. It was so advanced. It relied on so much information. That you needed to know. He moved so quickly from one topic to the next that often it was very difficult to tag along with him. And so what he would do is he would tell this humorous anecdote at the beginning. That would create rapport between himself and the students who were not necessarily at his level and not necessarily able to catch all of the things that he was throwing at them. So he'd first start off speaking language that everybody could relate to. And if you think about it, that is brilliant. And that's exactly the idea of starting a, a speech with a joke is it opens rapport, it creates connection between the teacher and the student. And so that would be a, spir- a spiritual benefit to sharing humor, is that it, it creates a bridge between the sage and the simpleton, between the teacher and the student. And very often we forget to create that bridge and we just leap right into it and we start 
with the deep and meaningful stuff, but the person has just walked through the door. They haven't yet shed all the stress of being at work and driving in the traffic and the fact that there might not be power later this evening. It's all playing on their mind. They haven't yet keyed into what it is that you're actually going to say in the class. So it's useful to reel people in first by saying, okay, here you go. Here's something you can relate to. Here's something that opens your mind. In fact, that's a big part of it. And Tanya, which is the magnum opus of the Hasidic movement, it is the most central book of Hasidic philosophy, of the Chabad Hasidic movement. So in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, explains that there's certain things that benefit, there's certain things that help you learn better. If you've had a good meal, if, you, if you're well-nourished, as opposed to overeating, if you're well-nourished, you'll learn well. If you have good wine, it will help you just to expand your mind. So that, and this is obviously not to intoxicate yourself, but you sip a good wine and it puts you into a good headspace and you can learn well. And he also says that's the motivation behind Rabbi telling his joke because you put people into a good headspace. When a person is stressed, they can't really learn well. When a person is anxious, they can't really pray well. So sometimes that's what you've got to do. You've got to just lighten the mood, lighten the load, let people feel a little bit freer and that opens the opportunity for a spiritual journey. So there is benefit. There really is benefit to the concept of opening up people's minds through humor that they could experience or appreciate some kind of, um, some kind of, you know, message, insight, depth, spirituality that perhaps they may not have been able to ordinarily um, access. Okay, some interesting, interesting things coming through over here. Just a zero. That's an interesting SMS. <laughs> uh, here's an interesting SMS that says, former rabbi, Jackie Mason, used to pack his Brooklyn, his Brooklyn shul for Shabbos due to his sense of humor. I think that's actually, if I'm not mistaken, why Jackie Mason gave up the rabbinate, because I don't know if it was true, if it was just his sense of humor. He used to say, that there were more Gentiles than Jews at the soul service. That's when he realized maybe he needs to go, you know, elsewhere. Okay, uh, back. Oh, there we go. Okay, so it was Ricky. Ricky was the one who sent the SMS about making fun or jokes about other, other things and says, sorry for the unsigned SMS, making jokes or fun about people's tragedies and conditions, giving verdicts about people's life experiences, not humor. Why do people single out one's visual impairment as an opportunity for so-called jokes, especially in a school environment? Whoa, that's a heavy one. I think we need a whole share just on that, a whole, a whole, um, a whole episode just on that. How dare, how dare anybody poke fun at somebody who has some kind of impediment or some kind of health challenge or some kind of condition? Yes, Ricky, I'm with you all the way. I, I know sometimes people slip up and they say things that they shouldn't. But we really, really, really need to sensitize ourselves and others about how to behave around people who have real, real challenges. That is not funny. Thank you for that, Ricky. If you've got something to share with us, it could be a joke and it could be an insight into whether or not you think that humor is part of the spiritual odyssey of the Jewish experience. Well, then tell us about it. 34519 is how you send us an SMS. 0618951019 is Telegram. And otherwise, social media is alive and kicking as always. Either catch us on Twitter or on Facebook. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish.
It's Fresh Thinking. If you've just tuned in with Rabbi Shishli, we're together till just before 3 p.m. today, and we're talking today about humor and Jewish humor, particularly does humor play a role in spirituality? Or, let's put it differently, is it possible to derive spiritual lessons out of <clears throat> comedy, out of humor? Okay, that's the question. Here's Steve on Twitter, who, by the way, was the person who came up with this topic in the first place, who said, isn't it mitzvah gedoyla liyos v'simcha tamid? Isn't that what it says? That it is a great mitzvah to constantly be in a state of joy. And that's where we get to this. You see, is humor and joy the same thing? That's really what I wanted to really probe in this conversation because we did encounter the word which is laughter. And laughter is seen as an expression of deep within the soul of incredible joy. Is that necessarily the same as humor? Remember, you've got Ricky's comment, which is really important to consider. How often do we find that in the space of comedy, people use people's facial features, disabilities, sound of their voice as a reason to joke? That's not simcha. That's not joy. The Torah calls for joy. And humor and joy are not always identical. Of course, humor can very well be a, a way into joy, but it's not necessarily joy. And that's quite an important thing. Uh, Ilan says, when you consider how many of the all-time great comedy stand-ups, writers, and actors are Jewish, it must have come from somewhere. <laughs> it's true, right? We have a disproportionate representation in the world of comedy as we tend to have in many places, we have a disproportionate representation in the world of science, medicine, inventions, business, acting. So what does it tell us? Does it tell us specifically about humor? Or does it just tell us that we've been pushed to be overachievers? Interesting question in its own right. Liz says, humor is one of my favorite things about us. Tragedy can either destroy you or make you hilarious. I think it's 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 extraordinarily Jewish to know that with darkness, seek out the light. But that's the thing. You see, what are you joking about? The Torah tells us, for example, There's a, a Mishnah in the Ethics of the Fathers that says, Laughter and frivolity can lead a person to lewdness, to inappropriate or promiscuous behavior. So I guess it really depends what you're laughing about. We know that the concept of leitsonus, which is to be cynical and scoff at everything, which many people consider to be humor, is considered one of the most objectionable attitudes that a Jewish person could take, where we are serious people. Even our humor is serious. Although, as uh, here we, somebody's commented, one of my biggest gripes about Judaism is that it is so serious and so lacking, lacking in humor. Isn't that funny how you get two right next to each other? You have one person say, my favorite thing about us is how much humor we have. And the person right before them says, um, one of my biggest gripes about Judaism is that it's too serious and there's not enough humor. Maybe it depends where you hang out, right? Maybe. You know, they used to call Hasidim, people don't know this, in the early days of the Hasidic movement, before it became known as the Hasidic movement, and before its adherents became known as Hasidim, they were called Der Freilecha. 
the Freilicher, the, the joyous people. <laughs> Quite interesting, right? So maybe it depends where you hang out. Maybe there's certain places where there is more Jewish humor than in other places. Uh, Moshe says of here, sometimes the best way to make a point is with a joke, or as they say, many a true word is said in jest, or sometimes to be able to convey a true word, you need a little bit of jest. Uh, Yoni on Twitter says, a mensch lacht und Gott tracht. You understand what he did over there? For people who understand a bit of Yiddish, and for people who appreciate a bit of the, shall we say, ironic humor of the Jewish people, a mensch lacht und Gott tracht is a play on words, you see, because the original Yiddish proverb is, mensch tracht und Gott lacht, that a man thinks and God laughs off at our plans and says, what do you think? You think you know how it's all going to pan out? I have different plans for you. And Yoni over here switched it around and said, no, a mensch lacht when a person starts to laugh, then God, tracht. God starts to think, hang on a second, do you have good reason to laugh? Should you be laughing? Very, very interesting. And that's the thing. Jewish humor has layers to it and it's very often, uh, it's very often cover story for very deep messages. Various messages. You think of the stories of the people of Helm. Anybody from an Ashkenazi background knows how we used to poke fun at the people of Helm, the so-called wise men of Helm, who were actually quite uh, uh, <laughs> imbecilic, right, if there's such a word. And all of their stories convey deeper messages. The story of the guy who didn't want to disturb the snowfall in the morning because it used to look so beautiful and white, but there was a fellow whose job it was go around town and wake everybody up so he was going to leave uh, footprints before anybody woke up. So nobody ever got to see the pristine snow because by the time they woke up, he had already trudged his way through the snow. So they came up with a solution that the worst thing is for this guy to trudge through the snow. So they appointed four other men from the community to carry him around every morning so he would not walk in the snow. And, and it's, it sounds facile, right? But at the same time, it was an insight into how do we create systems that we believe are going to save us from ourselves to this conflict. Lots to think about there, especially in today's modern world. By the way, you want to be not so politically correct. There are quite a few things that that joke may well uh, represent. What do you think? What do you think about the spiritual value of humor? Let us know. Twitter, Facebook, 34519 on SMS or 0618951019 on Telegram. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. Just by the way, if we're talking about uh, Jewish humor, you have to know that there is an entire team of very funny from people on Twitter. Just putting it out there. TJ says there are even tractates in the Talmud that have humor, not to mention the count, not to mention the countless parables that have been included as past, as parts of discourses and sermons by rabbis and scholars over the years many of which are distinctly humorous. As for what spiritual lessons humor can provide, I'm not sure that is quantifiable because different people, different communities may use and interpret humor in different ways. I think for me, TJ says, the main thing is, isn't even necessarily the lessons of humor itself, but how humor can help lower barriers, like per study, sermon or discourse, more relatable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely agree with that. Ronnie says humor has played a huge role. It is the only way to deal with adversity from a spiritual point, it indirectly reminds us that we are supposed to remain at all times a simcha. And you see, I like the point that it's indirectly because it's not a hundred percent 
that just because it's humor, it is automatically simcha. There is a story in the Talmud, and I'm trying to find, I did see, somebody had noted it earlier, and I can't remember where I saw it, if it was on Twitter or on Facebook, but somebody noted it, that there was a story in the Talmud about these these individuals who um, were, somehow the rabbis got a sense that these this particular individual was up there, first class ticket to the world to come. And on further investigation, they discovered that his entire focus, it was two of them, I think two brothers, was to get people to, to laugh, to help put a smile on people's faces. And that is considered to be such a, a great part of our spiritual journey to allow other people and to encourage other people to, to laugh and to, to feel a little bit lighter that that actually is something of spiritual value and get you up there in, in the world to come. Interesting, very interesting perspective. I think if you look to the story of Sechoik Asali Elohim, how our forefather Yitzchak got his name, that, uh, you know, Sechoik Asali Elohim, that God created Sechoik laughter for me, the different kinds of laughter. There's an empty laughter. There's a laughter that is poking fun at other people. Those are not healthy laughter. And then there's that full-bellied laughter when something really good happens to you. You know, watch a child. Ever watch how a child laughs with such gusto? And it's not because somebody did, well, it could be because somebody did something funny, but it's not because somebody was silly or, you know, sometimes they laugh at life itself. It's just beautiful expression of laughter. Um, he has running on Telegram, says, humor is not joy. Joy is sometimes the result of humor, although joy can be partly the product of serenity and peace of mind. And I think that that is very true. Let's not confuse the two. Let's not confuse the concept of joy with the concept of humor. Humor may be a pathway to joy. Humor is not joy. Sometimes humor is an escape because a person has no joy. I remember as a kid always growing up, the story of whatever was Bozo the Clown. And <clears throat> there was a fellow who goes for therapy and he says, I'm feeling very depressed and please help me. And the therapist says to him, go to the circus because there's Bozo the Clown. And it's, a, it's an hilarious act. And everybody who I've prescribed that goes to watch Bozo the Clown comes out of their feeling completely uplifted. And the, the fellow says, look, this isn't going to work for me. I, I'm sure it's great and beautiful, whatever, it's not going to work for me. So I'm telling you, the therapist says, I'm telling you, I've tried it so many times, 100% guaranteed. And the fellow says, it's not going to work for me. So the therapist says, why, why are you so negative? How do you? Because I am Bozo the Clown. Meaning to say that laughter is not necessarily a sign of joy and humor is not necessarily a sign of joy. And sometimes it's definitely not. We don't have joy, and perhaps that's why the Jewish world has developed so much humor. Um, although he has an SMS that says, Jewish humor came from Hashem. I think everything comes from That's the reality. The thing is that if you look just from a simplistic point of view, humor is very often because of circumstance and trying to, to, to escape. I think the ability to laugh at ourselves, I think that's something to focus on, because in Judaism, a very big part of spiritual development is not to take ourselves so seriously. As the Talmud says, the Talmud says, the person who is arrogant, Hashem says, okay, you want to fill all of the space, I will not be in this. will not be in the same space as you. So the person who takes themselves way too seriously is the person who effectively blocks Hashem from their lives. And so the, the converse must also be true. The person who has the ability to laugh at themselves and not take themselves that seriously opens up a, a, an opportunity for Hashem to fill the space, for God to fill the space. So that's definitely a part of it. Uh, the idea of humor as an introduction to learning, absolutely. But I think when you look at the Torah, the Torah uses the word sechoik, which is laughter, and laughter is not identical with humor. 
We may laugh because of humor, but it's not necessarily that laughter equates with humor always. So that's interesting. Uh, Jeremy says humor is incredibly important. It creates reflective and spiritual lessons because it allows a person to take a third perspective to a situation in a safe way. That's a very interesting point. Because, and I think again, that is a lot of what we've done historically with humor as Jewish people. It allowed us to look at an objective perspective on our circumstances. About something, you know what they say, never, uh, what do they say, a true word said in jest, never a true word said in jest. Because at the end of the day, some things you can't say, they're too heavy to say. Straight, as is. Whereas if you could say them under the guise of a joke, you can actually confront them. So that's that's a very important point. Richard says laughter keeps morale alive, but he misspelt it as moral. So maybe there's a little bit of a Freudian message in that. But maybe we do keep our morals going if we're in a state of humor. I don't know. I don't know if that works, but it is an interesting one. Uh, he has another person that says this question is subject to our own perspe- perceptions, interpretation, and opinion. The short answer, though, is yes. Yes, that's I suppose, yes, humor does play a, an important role in our spirituality. I, I, I'm curious what kind of spiritual lessons uh, you could learn from humor. It could be from specific humor. It may even be a particular joke that that you resonate with or that you feel talks to a deep spiritual lesson. In that case, I'd be interested to hear it. Here's one of my favorites. Jeff sent it. It's one of my favorites. It's the joke about... These, the a meeting of different clergy, it's an interfaith meeting, and they go around the table and they ask the one clergyman, what would you like them to say at your funeral? And the first clergyman says, what, what, what I'd like to hear at my funeral is that he was such a pious individual, a person who prayed for many hours every day, a person who was well-versed in all the scriptures. That's what I'd like to say. That's what I'd like them to say at my funeral. And the next clergyman says, well, what I'd like to hear at my funeral is that They'll say this was a person who cared about the people, was always out there looking after the underdog, caring for people in distress, etc. They come to the rabbi and they say, what would you like them to say at your funeral? It's my funeral. I'd like them to say, hey, look, he's moving. It's humor, but it has a spiritual lesson. It tells you how much we love life, how much we find death objectionable, and how we'll fight to preserve life. And if there was something that we could do to prevent death, we would do it. So there, for example, you have a moment of humor, classic Jewish humor, which is in fact a spiritual lesson. And I'm sure there must be many others like that. If you've got one, go ahead, tell us what it is. You've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you've got SMS on 34519, and you've got Telegram on 0618951019. Maybe you've got a joke that really conveys a spiritual lesson. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. I can imagine that there's somebody listening to this and saying, yep, only the Jewish people could take a topic such as humor and comedy and make it so serious. I guess that's because we're also the people who could make the most serious things that exist comic. <laughs> you know, you you look at uh, at the stories, you know, the story of the, the Jewish guy sees his friend reading Der Sturmer, which was the Nazi propaganda newspaper. And he says, what on earth are you doing? And he says, what do you mean? I read the Jewish newspapers. All I hear is uh, anti-Semitism is on the rise and Jews are being bullied and mistreated. Here I read it. It's a pleasure. Here I read it. And it says, Jews control the media. Jews control the world. It's, it's much more positive news. That's classic, right? Classic dark Jewish humor. 
So I think that the message is this. The Torah expects from us that we should do things that allow us the opportunity to be free in our learning, free in our spirituality, not bogged down by the, the challenges, and there always will be, and the stresses, and there always will be, of life. That's what the Torah challenges us to do, is to to use a means, like Rabbah gets up in front of his class and he tells them something humorous first, not because the humor itself has values, because the humor is a tool. Judaism is very into that, using things as a tool in order to achieve greater things. Why is there value to money? Because money can allow you the opportunity to help people. Why is there value to food? Because food allows you the opportunity to have the energy to go out there and make the world a better place. Why is technology valuable? Because technology can uh, speed up our, our um, the, the way in which we do whatever it is that we do. Spirituality, wholeness, welfare, goodness, etc. Why is there humor in the world? Because humor allows us the opportunity to turn to turn people into, I don't know, to open channels, to open bridges that people should be able to to connect with each other and communicate with each other and learn from each other. So if it becomes humor just for humor's sake because we want to have a good time, that's that's fairly meaningless. I mean, it's feel good at the time. It doesn't necessarily change you. It's Bozo the Clown sitting in front of his therapist saying, I don't think Bozo the Clown is actually going to pull me out of my depression. That's important for us to recognize. That it doesn't work. It doesn't work just to have humor for humor's sake. As lovely as it is, that's not that's not. But humor is a way of, as Jeremy said before, forcing ourselves to confront ourselves and our issues. Healthy humor is a way to lift people when they're in a stressed, difficult space. Healthy humor as a way to open the the conversations that you can. Let more than healthy. That already becomes holy. And I think that's the objective of being Jewish, is to find a way that everything can be used as a means to be holy. So, I guess tomorrow evening when you're in shul, and I certainly hope you will be, and the rabbi gets up to speak, and I certainly hope he has a good joke to tell, appreciate that he's not just trying to tickle your funny bone. He's trying to open up an opportunity for the soul to speak to the body and convey its messages of how to be a better person. As always, what a joy to be with all of you and to hear the insights, and they're so intriguing. But thank you. Thank you for being part of us. Stay safe.